Welcome to Be a Refuge, a podcast from the Refuge community. Join your hosts, Kathy Escobar, and me, Joe Douglas, as we share stories and interview friends about the wild and wonderful community life that is the Refuge. We're always learning, unlearning, dreaming, failing, and practicing together. Pull up a chair and grab a coffee. We're glad you're here. There's always room at the table. Well, welcome to Be a Refuge. We have um, some special friends with us today, Katie Hinshaw and Savannah Smith, who help run our Refuge Reads program. So welcome, friends. Thank you. We're excited. Thanks for having us. We're so excited. You're the first time that we've had two people on at the same time. Um, and I really love that actually, because it embodies something that is super important to us. And that is that sharing part of that you two are a team and, um, Refuge Reads is six years old this year. Is that right? Yeah. In July, we'll be six years old. Six years. And I think Refuge Reads, um, we're going to learn a little bit more about it. I always tell people, as I give tours all the time at the Refuge Cafe and always make pitch for volunteers and share the area we're in. Um, and, and we love kids being involved. So we love their voices and we love them to be a part. So, um, but one of the things about uh, refugees that I always say is just that it's a free community literacy program on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that is for kids through grownups who are struggling with reading, writing, and spelling. And so is that accurate? Yeah, like in the base- totally accurate. Okay. okay, so that's what I say. And the other part that I want to say as we start and hear more from you is that the formation of it is like total refuge style. And that is that someone gets an idea and says, I really want to... Um, live this out, this dream, this passion, this thing, and bring it. And the refuge says, okay, we'll do our best to support you. We don't have money and we don't have all the things, but what can we bring? Support, love, space, time, and connection. And so I think it'd be awesome for everybody to hear kind of how Refuge Reads found was founded and your roots to go and then what it's evolved to today. Sure, yeah. So Refuge Reads, like Kathy said, we started almost six years ago. So in one of the previous podcasts, I know Kathy had talked about the transitions team. And so I was a part of that. I'm Savannah. Um, I was a part of that transitions team um, with a bunch of other people. And it was hard, but it was incredible. And out of that, Kathy introduced me to a friend who I'd known but not really connected with, um, Angela Dormish. And we just kind of went to coffee and this dream about a literacy program um, for anyone and everyone kind of erupted from that friendship, that initial meeting. So it was actually the transitions team, I think, that pushed it forward. Um, And we kind of were one of the first programs to be brought to the SAS team and kind of pushed through. And we had decided in the beginning, okay, if we can raise our own money, then this can happen. That was kind of one of the things. If we can raise our own money to get all the curriculum needed. And in the first month, we had raised enough to like get three of the curriculum levels that we needed to kind of just get through the first year. And that was kind of this like aha moment, like, okay, this is definitely necessary. This is needed in the community. And we brought people in and right from the start, we were kind of 
booming wheat. There was such a need in the community um, for kids, adults. We've had all the way from kindergarten kids all the way up to one of our um, graduates was this 65 year old woman who was amazing and she loved it and she was so dedicated. So it just kind of grew into this beautiful community of people um, that just come together for one defined purpose and that's to bring literacy into their lives because literacy is a foundation for so many things. Um, math, science, social studies, uh, literacy is just such an important element not just to kids but to adults um so that has kind of where we started and what we've evolved into um covid hit us kind of hard um but in true refuge style we kind <laughs> of just winged it and went along with the flow and we were able to push through and we're here we are now we're kind of rebuilding the program a little by little but we have a core set of students and tutors who are really committed and come every Tuesday and Thursday and it's just beautiful to see that community that started six years ago with a little dream kind of unfurl into this I don't know like a safe place for a lot of people it's become more than just a reading program in my eyes. So. Yeah, that's awesome. So when, when did you come in, Katie? I, I'm, I don't know if I, yeah, I don't know so, that story. <laughs> yep. So I came in about four years ago and um, it was before the pandemic. And so um, my child was struggling with reading. I was a stay-at-home mom. I had been a teacher for lots of years in title schools. My passion is um, title work, which is... Um, the underserved privilege population. And so um, my son was struggling with reading and I started looking at tutors. And cause at this point I was a stay-at-home mom and I was like, oh my gosh, we can't afford a tutor. And so I reached out to a friend who was kind of navigating me through my childhood struggling is, is dyslexic and you don't have to be dyslexic to come to our tutoring program. But this program is meant, was also created to teach dyslexics who really struggle in reading. So she said, oh, there's this place that does free tutoring, Refuge Reads. And I was like, nothing's free. And she's like, yeah, I think it's a church. And I was like, oh, okay. And I have my own relationship with the church. So I was like, oh Lord, I can, I can, I will study if I have to, I will do what my child needs to do. So we, I emailed Savannah and Angela and they're like, yeah, come on over. And so we pretty much started right on board. I had a friend that was in need too. And we ended up swapping tutoring services with each other. So I tutored her son, she tutored mine. And that's kind of how we got started. And I kept waiting for them to like, oh, you should come every weekend or, you know, come commit your life here. And finally I asked um, Savannah and the Angela and was like, so what's my commitment to the church? And they're like, oh no, no, no. This is just <laughs> an outreach hub program and you just do what you need to do. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then I really felt like totally welcomed and we just loved it so much so that when Angela had to step out, I felt like it just kind of naturally fit that he just kind of stepped in with Savannah and we've been together for the last four years running it. And so it's gone really well. So that's my story, how I came in. And then with that, I'm, I'm really um, active in kids identified with dyslexia, the co-kid program. And so they've supported buying us, um, and BBSD kids, they've supported buying us two of our levels. And so and we also work in um, getting regulations changed in public schools. So with that, but that's still a ways away. And so there's still a need every day. Kids need this program and adults. 
Um, and so our wait list is always growing. And so that's kind of how I came into it. So I love it. And my son is doing excellent today. He is reading on grade level and is doing amazing. That's awesome. Uh, uh, so inspiring, honestly. It's so inspiring. There's so much in there about this kind of barrier to church, but this desire for a place, a community, a place for your kids, a place to serve, you know, those kinds of things. And that theme is always so strong in our community and it's confusing. That's a little piece even of be a refuge is just to kind of help people understand more what this all looks like and life together. And I do kind of wonder, um, I would, I've only been there a few times. I mainly come to the parties um, <laughs> and I love, <laughs> I love the community there and I see the kids and I see the grownups and I see how grateful they are for this space and that it is more than the tutoring. Like you both said, it's this community and so like if anybody walked in on a Tuesday and Thursday night, like what did, what does it look like? Um, well, I mean, we're kind of spread out all over. You'll see the tutors, which are all adults sitting with uh, their student, which could be a kid. It could be an adult. You'll see them with tiles out and you'll see them with workbooks and big things where they're really tactile. You'll see them talking to each other or maybe playing games. Katie and I will be mingling, either talking to people who maybe have walked in like off the street and want to know more about the program, or we'll be helping out a student who might need um a little extra guidance with their tutor will be answering questions. So you'll see a lot happening, um, but it's also pretty quiet because everyone is trying to maintain this little, okay, we each have to stay in our little bubble. So it's quiet, yet it's busy. So, which seems a little silly and a little counterintuitive, but it just kind of works. We'll have kids in the back room. We'll have kids at tables out in the front room. Um, we'll have kids in the office or there's sometimes kids playing in the nursery. So we're just kind of spread all over and you'll see all different areas of growth happening. You'll see kids who are learning their sounds for the first time or their phonics. You'll see kids who are learning spelling rules on one side. You'll be kids who are writing. Like um, it just kind of varies. You'll see a lot of good work happening and you'll see a lot of relationships forming um, we love playing games that's one of our big things we really push um, and so you might hear people playing uno or slap it and that is when it gets a little noisy and a little rambunctious um, but I think the biggest thing is you'll see connections happening that wouldn't happen otherwise and Another part of just being the community that we have are and that we formed in our own, you know, just our Tuesday, Thursday nights is um, you'll see somebody bringing in like, oh, I have jackets for, you know, another tutor brings in a jacket for another family that might be in you know, like, oh, my daughter's outgrown this. Would you like it? Like even stuff like that happens all the time. It's just this, everything just kind of works out. You know, we had a family that was like their coffee pot broke and it was like, oh, okay. And then the next week somebody came in with one and it was just like oh well we know who this could go to and so um even at that level just the community that happens is just way more than education but you'll see lots of education of course going <laughs> that's awesome so how do you get your materials and how does all that work and you know like are you guys like 
amazing experts in all of this. <laughs> How does that I work? Mean, we we, we try like our absolute best. Yes. <laughs> Um, well, we had a lot of fundraising done in the beginning. Um, Angela, who helped start in the beginning, she is an amazing fundraiser. And she helped get us the first five levels over our first year, which had lasted us for a really long time. Um, and then, as Katie had said, BBSD uh, gave us a grant to buy another level. And then we were able to purchase the sixth level. And then over time, we got another grant, I think, from CoCAD to get the seventh level. So we are up to the seventh level now. And so we just keep getting these opportunities. Right before we hopped on, we got an email from the uh, Colorado Literacy Foundation that, that does an auction every year. And they're taking application for literacy nonprofits to be able to put all of the profits that they have for an auction every year. And they asked us if we would want to partner with them. They have this whole application, but things happen like when we need it, it is incredible that the community just comes up and supports us in incredible ways. Um, so we use the Barton curriculum, which they have 10 sets. And so every step of the way when we've needed it, something in the community happens to where we are able to bring it to the students and the families. Um, we've never not had the resources or the ability to have the curriculum for our families, which has been, it's incredibly mind-blowing. Um, it really has been. I don't know if, if you can say more, Katie, but that has been an incredible part of this. Yeah, any moment that kind of, um, you know, Savannah and I volunteer, this is our passion or what makes us happy. I know for me, it's like, um, you know, I kind of want to go back to, I kind of need to go back to work full time, but I'm like, nope, can't give up this because it just <laughs> fills my cup. But um, with that said, I feel that every time things get a little like <gasps> frustration, you have a wait list that's growing and you're like, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, you just like put it in the universe and it just seems so all itself out like it just kind of rolls out and happens so I think that has been the most amazing to watch it's taught me patience which I've needed for a while like to just be patient but like it really works itself out and it's so rewarding to be on the other side and be like well I did not see that coming a mile away and here it is just showed up in like a lumpy package for you but we'll take it so yeah I love lumpy packages. <laughs> and you know what I love in listening to you? I mean, this is why it's so inspiring to me too, is that you both get this thing that we've been talking about here, even in these first little set of um, Be a Refuge. And this is the, the power of just small and simple and faithful and true. And that, you know, big dreams, I love big dreams, big dreams are cool, but you know, sometimes in the big dream, like takes the place and, and distracts us from just the steady Eddie showing up and building a space where people who wouldn't normally have a place to be can be. And so just seeing that and hearing that and knowing that for four years, you two have been together and you guys are really amazing team. You really are. And um, watching you work and then watching you just honor small, but mighty and small, it's, it, you know, it's not small, it's small by a stupid measure that 
a lot of other people have. It, it's like influenced so many people and it's changing and transformation is happening. And so I just really want to say that out loud. And then I kind of want to ask like, what keeps you going? Like what keeps you like showing up despite those times where you're like, gosh, this is hard. It's two days a week. I know you guys trade off, but it's a big commitment. It's not a little commitment. It's a big, um, like heavy lift to like, keep going. What keeps you going? Um, I know for me, it's kind of what we were talking about. These little things that just kind of happen at the right time that just kind of show you, this is a beautiful thing that needs to keep going. Um, I remember like even thinking back to Katie right before she showed up, I had those thoughts because it was me for a little while just by myself. And I was like, oh man, this is a lot. I don't know if I can keep doing this. And within a couple of weeks, Katie showed up and like, she jumped right in full force. And I was like, okay, we can keep this going. I mean, it's hugs from kids that are so excited when they run in the door and they're like, oh my gosh, Savannah, banana, like we're here. And they run up and give you a hug. Like it's a parent coming in and really excited to show you their kids progress from parent teacher conferences. It's all of these, like, kind of you said, what you would think of as small, not insignificant, but small little things that pile up to make something so big and beautiful and powerful. Um, there's been moments where both Katie and I are like, oh my gosh, I don't know, like only one kid showed up this week. What are we going to do? And then the next week we have like five people show up to an info night and they're like, I want my kids to get help. And it's those little things that kind of just show you, just keep going. You can keep doing, this is making a difference. This is even in one person's life. This is making that little boy who runs in and yells Savannah banana. That's making his night and that makes it worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it's so true. But um, the, for me, it's the my core value. When I um, was younger, I always wanted to be a teacher because I learned through my son's diagnosis that I was dyslexic myself, but never knew. And I always thought teachers had magic answers that they weren't giving me. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I'm going to be a teacher and I'm going to make sure all kids learn how to read because it's dumb. And I didn't, I hated reading out loud. Um, Oh God, I spent more time in the bathroom because, you know, I'd count the kids who was counting, you know, before it's your turn. And so that was like intrinsically ingrained in my stomach that I was going to make that type of an impact with other people. And then I went into teaching and, you know, that happened and realized that's not how that works. <laughs> and so then um, now that I've learned so much and Savannah and I have been become professionals in the realm of reading in our way by studying and learning and taking courses, um, we learned that oftentimes how reading is taught in the public education is not hundred percent correct for most students. It needs to be the science of reading, which is what Barton is. And so with that, my core value is that I leave this earth helping others be able to learn themselves and teach others how to read, right? Like if I can empower our 65-year-old woman to read when I tutored her and she can now read the Bible and she can now teach her daughter, her grandchildren to read, you know, she'd come in and tell me, I taught them how to read this passage. Look at the story we're reading. I mean, that is so fulfilling. Just like Savannah said, we get to see their report cards and growth cards. So um, all those little things that add up, but in the end, I have a true core value that I am going to leave. The earth has given me something so amazing as a life. And so I want to share what I've learned with others. 
And um, one other thing is that even people come to us, we'll have like five or six people show up at an info night and we can't maybe be there for everybody. Like we might, our program might not work time-wise or commitment-wise for every single family, but we are able to give them next steps on how to help their children. Savannah and I have resources that our area and we know lots of like where you can get tested or where you can get more reading support and all these things. So it, we've become like this little hub of like, oh, call the refuge. They'll help you call, or call refuge reads. They'll, they know. So, you know, we've kind of become this hub of information too, which is really fun. That's awesome. So for folks who are maybe unaware, you mentioned you, you serve adults and kids. And I think there's a lot more awareness around kids with neurodiversity and that kind of stuff. But I don't think a lot of people realize how many adults really struggle with literacy. And so if you have any statistics around that, just to share with folks, because I think it's kind of, it's kind of striking. Um, oh. I love data. Yeah. <laughs> data. I do too. Let it rip. Data. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's really one in five Americans are impacted in struggling readers. And it's really, if we tested everybody, one in five, come up on the continuum of somewhere in the struggling of reading. And so when you break that down into a classroom, when you think of a classroom as typically 25 to 30 students, you have five to six students that are automatically just going to struggle with reading the way that it's taught. If it's not taught using the science of reading, just, you know, three queuing systems run. If you hear that word run, get your mouth ready, run. Those are the, not the ideal ways to teach reading. And so when you're just start at six kids in a classroom of 30, that's impactful. And that's, you know, huge down the line. And so then when you look at adults, you know, we look at our um, testing scores for reading, we have 33 to 45%, maybe 50% proficient readers. That should be alarming to people. These students have, we've had this data since, you know, testing started years ago and they have exited out and graduated high school and they're really inefficient readers. And so it's not just one in five, but it's way more than that. When we've got third, fourth, fifth graders reading 50% of them at grade level, that just should be alarming. And so yeah. um, when you look at that, uh, you know, that's typically where it goes. And then often people who struggle to read don't always have the right um, tool set to get them through college or to get them, you know, to further their education. They were so traumatized in their elementary, middle school, high school education of reading, whether reading out loud, whatever, so many things that they just shut down and have their own struggle with school. And um, as a teacher, I would see parents come in that you they were trauma from schooling themselves and they just want to help their kid, but they don't have the tools to do it. And so we step in and can definitely help do that. And I think when you get uh, adults that struggle too, um, there is a lot of shame around it, but there's also a lot that don't even realize they have an issue until they get into the workforce, until they get into college. Because so many kids with dyslexia or kids who struggle with reading who are neurodivergent tend to be what they call twice exceptional. So they're really bright. And there is this theory that kids who are really bright can't have any sort of dyslexia or neurodivergence, which is completely bogus in my brain. Uh, you can have both. You can have the law of multiplicity. You can be both and. Um, and so you get adults that have worked really hard and they've come up with coping skills into their adult life that have gotten them by. But then they want to come in and they're like, this isn't working for the long term. 
I need something stable. And so what we try to do with adults, with kids, with anyone is we kind of break it down. We go down to the foundational level. We start very at the basics. So everyone has to go through level one, even adults who see it and they're like, oh my gosh, I know all my letter sounds. Why do I have to do this? Because we are trying to rebuild this foundation of literacy in their lives. We want them to tear down whatever sort of foundation they had because it's probably a shaky one because they've had to internalize and do the best they could with the tools they were given. And so we want to give them tools that they can use in order to have more confidence in themselves and in their own skills. And so this program allows us to do that, which has been an amazing gift. Um, I know Katie, she um, tutored our six, the 65 year old who was with us and she was so incredibly thankful. She is an amazing seamstress. Like, incredibly talented her boss won't let her retire because she's that good like she is incredible but she's made her way in that world possible even though she couldn't read and she came to us and she's like this has been my goal since I was a child was to be able to read and when she left us like she was reading beautifully and that's like such a gift and she made her goal so she made this extreme goal but we had to start from the beginning. We had to rebuild the foundation and rebuild that house so that she could have that confidence. And she did it. Like, that's an incredible feat. And I am so proud of her. And it's just an incredible thing to watch and witness. She's now teaching her grandkids to read. She is. Ah, it's amazing. Uh, well, I'm thinking about this, and I think Joe, this is like I can I can feel that too. This executive coaching, uh, executive functioning coaching thing that um, gets underrated, and and you both are in training in the to, in the coaching program to finish that certificate and bringing this to the refuge. Um, and uh, for tell us more what that is, and and kind of what what that will help with for people struggling in this area. Yeah, we're super excited uh, to bring about executive uh, function coaching. So we want to bring classes to the refuge that would be free like once a month that just teach people tips and tricks about how to like organize their, whether it's homework or work or life in general, and just how to dig into that executive function piece that a lot of us, I think in the technology age, we have missed out on and the neurodivergent community. I mean, if I don't have my Google calendar, I'm lost. Like if I don't have everything mapped out for me, I'm lost. So that's like my coping mechanism I use, but we just want to be able to reach this different um, group of people that I think both of these kind of intermingle, whether it's dyslexia or struggling with reading or neurodivergence, they all kind of match up in some way. Um, and Katie and I are both taking different courses. So we kind of have two different methods that we can bring to the table and we can kind of look and see, okay, what works in yours and what works in mine. And we can kind of bring it as a full on program to the refuge. Uh, and we want to just offer it because it's such an important thing, not only for kids, but I think for adults. And the other part with that is um, 
my course is also, uh, we have a continuum, like, so we'll offer a test, an assessment kind of, I mean, not like a real assessment, but you know what I mean? An assessment and inventory that will say, um, where your strengths are in executive functioning. She, um, Peg Dawson lays them all out. And so that's class I'm taking and, you know, it shows you your strengths and then it shows your weaknesses. And so giving tools to support your weaknesses and like, okay, so you're low here. So we can do these strategies and try this and that, and then build your, you know, build some systems in there so that it helps you become better. And for Savannah, it's calendars. And for other kids, it's, or other students, it's, you know, in adults, it can be, you know, prepping five minutes at the, at the night before, but how do you build in that habit? You know, all those like building in habits and stuff too. So, yeah. I'm excited about that. <laughs> um, I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult and struggled with that my whole life and didn't realize it. And, you know, I, I masked it a lot growing up. And so not my parents didn't really know. And, and even I didn't really realize, I think I'm also slightly dyslexic. And I learned that at your like open house thing that I went to, because you were, you were going through these examples and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so me. And it, and yesterday I was writing a card and it was like a card for like, a sympathy card and I spelled something wrong and I do that all the time. And then like, once I spell it wrong, I can't remember like simple words, like niece, like once I write it and I spell it wrong, I can't remember which way is the right way. I'm like, is that right? And I look it up on my phone. Mm -hmm. I literally do that at least 20 times a week while I'm writing. And, you know, if you're typing on your, on your computer, it auto corrects for you. So you don't have to think about it. But like, if I'm handwriting things, like I do that all the time where I stop and I can't remember how it's spelled. And I was like, oh, wait, this is something, you know, and it's not been so severe that, you know, it's hindered my ability to, to get an education and different things. And I do read fairly well, but I think that's another part is it's a spectrum. Yeah, it really is a spectrum. And I'll just offer that is, um, 50% 50% of people with dyslexia often have ADHD and vice versa. Okay. That's very common. And even autism, they all, they're all like, you know, we're learning that they're all overlaying in each other. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's it all about the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm all about that brain. All about brain. <laughs> oh, awesome. well, we got a, any final questions, Kath, before we do our rapid fire questions? Yeah, just one last thing. Like, what do you all need? Volunteers, 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 volunteers. Always need people who love other people and just want to help out in the community it it, I mean it is a big commitment it is only two hours a week but it is a big commitment because you're pairing with someone who you're probably going to be with at least a year Mm -hmm. so I mean it is something I know it's asking a lot for people but we have found some really incredible people who have volunteered and um, one of our volunteers who I love to pieces, he worked as a chemist and he came in and he was like, uh, I've never done this before, but you know what? I'm going to give it a try. And him and the little guy he tutors, they have the greatest little cutest friendship. They're like best buddies and he is doing amazing. Yeah. And it's like people that do come in and have been amazing and super committed and it is such a gift to see that but definitely always 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 volunteers I know every time Kathy asks that what do you guys need I'm like volunteers volunteers well and I'm just going to re-emphasize that like you provide all the training so you don't have to be a teacher yes. you don't have no. to like 
have a degree. Nope. Like you, you don't even have to really be very good at reading. Yeah. You can learn alongside the kiddos. Yeah. Yes, you really so, can. Um, so the program we use Barton was actually created for homeschooling parents so that they could teach at home um, their own kids who uh, have dyslexia or just reading struggles. It was created with a scripted mind. So it's all scripted. Um, so you don't even, you could just read the script if you wanted. Um, a lot of people get more into it, of course, but you could just sit there and read the script. It really is easy to learn. And once you do it, we have another tutor that she's like so excited about the program. She's bringing it to her church and like wants to start something there. And she, it's like that easy where she had never tutored before. And she's so excited about it. She like dived in. So it's, if, if you're worried about it being too challenging to learn, that's definitely not something to worry about. And if you have something you struggle with, Katie and I are both available all the time. And we are, I'm always on my phone, unfortunately, but if you have an issue and we're always there uh, to support during tutoring times. Yeah. That's oh awesome. my goodness. So much awesomeness. Um, Refugereads at gmail.com. This will be in the show notes and stuff too, but just thank you both for your love and care. It's a beautiful thing. It really is. Mm -hmm. And the, the transformation, the healing, the presence, it has it all, the celebration, it really does have it all. And um, I am so grateful that we get to do this together. Hmm. And, and I we am are too. As somebody from the outside who, you know, learn about this later, I am so grateful for your brain, all this brain power that has thought of the refuge because it is just so much more than just a hub. Like you guys are impacting so much. I just think like when you, when I step back and think like just my little piece of it and what you all do, wow, what a big imprint we get to leave when it's, we get forward. So it's really you. incredible. Thanks for having us there. Oh, thanks, Katie. And I'm glad we didn't uh, scare you away by making yeah. you join the things and sign up for stuff and pray and things. Uh, <laughs> all right, here we go. Rapid fire question. I'm going to start. Okay. What is one word that best describes the refuge for you? Um, I community. Uh, joyous joyfulness just joy like you know even when I'm having like a rough day I show up and there's something joyful to be to bring you back to like you know what it's always a new minute there's always something new to be happy about even in the hard stuff I love it okay so finish this sentence I keep connecting with the refuge community because oh I keep connecting with the refuge community so I have been part of the refuge community for very long time That's I was true. listening to one of the earlier podcasts and I was like oh my gosh I was literally here a year because I remember the wedding hall and I was like oh my gosh that's crazy I keep coming back there it is just so life-giving on so many like I have come when I've been at a really good point in my life and I've come when I've not been at a good point in my life but anytime I've come it's just so incredibly life-giving on all sorts of in all sorts of ways and that is just a beautiful gift to for myself and my kids my kids love the refuge and so it just is such a gift like I can't even express it it's just such a gift yeah I keep coming back to the refuge because there's always something to learn whether I meet somebody and they tell me a story and I'm like oh 
like there's, or there's a class offered or there, like there is always something to learn. So, or I go research something for one of our students. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. You know? And um, yeah, so I just, I just love, I've obviously a nerd, love learning by audiobooks, not by actually reading. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> same, same. <laughs> All right. Um, the most irritating part of the refuge is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there's this one thing that Katie and I, it always happens and it's just specifically for the refuge room. So I'll just stick with that. They're always is random unknown things on top of our shelf every time we come in and we're like I don't know where this came from I don't know where to put it it's here what do we do and it's just so funny because we ask people and they're like we don't know it just showed up there and we're like okay I guess we'll figure out what to do with this so I guess we've talked about that we're like did you put this here did I put this here I don't know so I, I think it's more funny now that we think about yes, it it is but in, in the moment it may be a little irritating but it's kind of funny especially when we try to keep our area clean and we're like what now so <laughs> bin of like a crap all bin that I just eventually throw things in there I of course Savannah she's so organized I'm like okay this is ridiculous because I can't stand looking at it so it is pretty funny now but in the moment we're like and how many did they leave us <laughs> like, you don't even know what it's for is it like it's like on top of your shelf yeah maybe we should it's get those funny. like pigeon spikes <laughs> you know what I'm talking about but like New York. <laughs> anyway, I'm for it because I'm super irritated by random things showing up in that building in the weirdest uh, places. And so really the weirdest places. You. Empathy. <laughs> okay. Last, last quick question. Being part of the refuge has helped me blank. Oh, has helped me to be a better parent. There we go. That's, can't get it out. Mm. Yeah. I think it's helped me grow in a lot of ways. I've done a lot of growing up while in the presence of the refuge and I've grown in ways that I couldn't imagine. And I think, yeah, it's a lot of growth. Awesome. Oh, so good. All right. So we have a closing round we do. And just say we're leaving today, leaving this episode with a little bit more or a little bit less of something. So Kathy, you want to start? Yeah, I'm I'm leaving with just a little more um, inspiration. I feel really inspired by this conversation today and just being with you. I'm leaving, I think, with a little more like hope and rejuvenation for this next chapter. I'm leaving with um, a lot more excitement. I just, I love talking about the refuge read. So like, you have no idea. Just like, tell everybody, even on the bus. So like, oh. yeah. So I just, and, and yeah, energy to go forward. I love it. Um, I'm leaving with more hope, um, just like for myself and others like me who are neurodivergent and just also a ton of gratitude for what you do and like that's a lot that's a lot I know it's like yeah you said two hours a week but you're there and that faithful like plodding through on the especially other days when you're like I don't want to be here you know <laughs> so thank you for um yeah for your faithfulness and yeah yeah we can't wait to hear about executive coaching can't wait and then if you're listening and you hear kids in the background we want you to know we love that 
that's like our favorite thing. These are two moms taking care of a lot of kids and teaching and all the things. So we love it. And that's a piece I think that I just want to celebrate that kind of we're all in this together, all the ages, all the things, just doing the best we can to do what we love to do. So super fun to hang out with you guys today. Awesome. Thank you. We love you guys. We love you too. Thanks for being a refuge. Thanks for listening to Be a Refuge. For more on The Refuge, go to therefugeonline.org and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. May we all keep finding ways to be a refuge for others and embody healing in this wild world.